0: Welcome to the Unlimited Wealth Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs like you build the wealth and lifestyle you deserve. My name is Nicholas Jensen, bringing you the secrets behind the relationships, strategies, and mindset of the most successful people on the planet, showing you how to collapse time frames in order to win at business, money, and the adventures of life. You don't know what you don't know, so I'm here to show how the wealthy live, think, and make their money grow. It's time to live the life that you deserve. I'm here to help. My, my name is Nicholas Jensen, and, and this is Unlimited Wealth. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Unlimited Wealth Podcast. My name is Nicholas Jensen. I am here with the author and self-help expert, Michael Burnoff. He's helped over 100,000 people, including professional athletes, Fortune 500 executives. He just released a book, and it, in fact, it goes live today. It's called Average Sucks, Why, Do you, Why You Don't Get What You Want and What to Do About It. So welcome, Michael. I appreciate being here, man. This is exciting. I, I, I love
1: talking earlier,
0: and I'm glad we can record it now. Yeah, this is, uh, this is awesome. So, um, why don't you first off, introduce yourself to my listeners, yep. give us your story, give us your background. Uh, tell us the the good stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm you. I mean, here's the thing. I The reason I say I'm you, I haven't met you yet, but I'm going to tell you, I'm not one of these people that has some tragic story. I love those guys. Like you go to a seminar and you hear like, hey, I was left on a subway when I was nine. Um, uh, my mom abused me, my problems. I, my heart goes out to those folks when that happens. Or there's the like the, you know, my dad's... Uh, Steve Jobs, Do you know what I'm saying? I don't have that story. I'm a very, uh, was a hardworking middle-class kid that grew up that wanted more in his life. And I represent the child of the eighties that literally for whatever reason could not figure out how to get what he wanted and worked his butt off and still couldn't figure out how to get all the things he wanted. And even when he got it, couldn't figure it out. So I'm i uh, I've dedicated the last 20 years of my life to teaching human beings that are doing well already doing okay how to truly get what they want in this world and how to get past those hurdles, those psychological hurdles, those mental things, those holdbacks. whether it's doing the investing you need to do that's necessary, whether it's getting someone like you to help them, getting out of their own way. So my background is in the psychology of what gets human beings to take action and destroy that part of them that holds them back.
0: This is going to be a, an interesting conversation because this is something that I've I've looked into quite a bit over the past couple of years, trying to understand kind of the psychology it, behind human behavior and yes. more, my obsession. more, yeah, more of like kind of the self-psychology, if you will, you know, cause I know personally in my life, there's things that I'm like, ah, I'd really like to do this. And I'm always kind of stuck on the how, but sometimes the how is, is what kind of keeps you in that, in that, uh that same place. Right. You know what I mean? So let's talk a little bit about from your perspective, you talk about, you already help people that are successful kind of yep. get to the next level or to yep. get what they want yep. in your experience. What's, what are kind of some of the big factors that hold people back?
1: Well, the biggest thing that holds people back is, um, their identity and their desire to be who they are. Because here, here's the thing. If you're on the I'm a hockey guy, right? I'm, do you like hockey at all? I know you live in Utah. I'm a, I, I no, I don't have you a don't lot have, of experience. You don't have hockey. hockey. I'm part Canadian yeah. and I'm from New Jersey, right? So okay. <laughs> I live in Arizona, which is really wacky. Yeah. But if you want to be, you understand sports enough to know that if you want to be on the first line, you can't be on the second line. And what most people don't recognize is your psychology has a vested interest in your current identity. So if you make a hundred grand a year, and I consider that successful for some people, I consider my daughter making $12 an hour as the only kid has a job, her first year home after Corona in college. Like how many of the kids want to get a job during Corona? She's got a freaking job, making it 12 bucks an hour. I consider that successful. Do You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So doing something to get ahead. So we have a vested interest in being who it is that we are for very specific psychological reasons. So if you want to make a million and you make a hundred thousand or you want a net worth of 20 million, right? And you have a net worth of 1 million your current identity makes it absolutely 100% impossible to get what you want. And until you understand that and accept that who you are currently, it is impossible to get what you want. Then things start to change. So I don't want to turn off listeners with that statement, but once you get your current role, like Liam Neeson and taken, he could do anything. He's got those skills, right? But if you're playing the part of, was it Danny in Greece? I watched that. My daughter, the other night, you're not getting what he had in taken. It's a different identity. And that's where most people go wrong is you attempt to be John Travolta in Greece and you forget to be John Travolta in Pulp Fiction and you wonder why you're not winning the fight.
0: So that's an interesting concept because I think a lot of people think they want let's go back to the John Travolta. They want to be John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. Yes. But currently they're him in Greece. How do they make that leap? I understand the idea of you're you're invested in your self-identity right now, but you consciously have the, the choice or you consciously recognize, Hey, I need to change this self-identity.
1: You and, can think about it,
0: but you may not do it. Okay. So let's kind of go down that road. So what's, what's the holdup? I want to be John Travolta in Pulp Fiction, which I've actually never seen. So I don't even I never, know. I, I, you,
1: you know, he, the content, he's like a badass, like a hitman. man. He's, yeah. he's more masculine. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so how do you, how do you make that move? How do you get there? Yeah, very good question. So here's the deal. Um, everybody goes to bed with good intentions. I would say you go to bed with this super excitement saying, Hey, um, I want to be more tomorrow. I'm going to work out gym shoes by the bed, workout, start running a marathon, blah, 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 hyped up, pumped up, go to bed, finally sleep. Right before you go to bed, you take off, you wash your face, you comb your hair so you don't look like a bear whatever it is. And you put your current identity on top of what you wanted to do tomorrow. So when you wake up in the morning, you go, who am I? And you grab the script of who you were yesterday. And here's why. Your brain's number one function is to keep you alive. Everybody knows that. But its real function is to keep your identity alive because you have been saying for a long time that I want this. Like, let me ask you a question. This is a crazy one. And this is, forgive me if I go into coaching right now. This is what I do, right? I'd rather give like real life that changes people's lives. So what made you go go into business? Um, I
0: wanted to... Uh, That's a great question. I think I, I mean, ultimately I wanted more out of my life than what I discovered being a W2 employee could,
1: could give me. So bottom line is, plus I don't like being told what to do. Yeah. Okay, good. So you, (laughs) you, so in your life, you got to a point where you said never again, correct? Yeah. And you built a wall behind you and said, I will never go back. We do this in relationships. I'll never date like someone like that again. I'll never be treated like that again. And you build this wall behind you saying never again. So then you've got a vested interest in never doing that again. And then at the same moment, you build a wall in front of you that says, this is what I want for my life. So you bounce back and forth like a ball, what I don't want, what I do want, what I don't want, what I do want. And your identity is a man or woman wanting what you want, not actually having it. So here's the fascinating thing. You're in a better position now than you were years ago, correct? As a W-2? Sure. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So in order to admit that where you are is not where you want to be is painful to your psychology, to your identity. So in order to become the man you want to be and go, I want to make a hundred million, you've got to say to yourself, you know what? I'm kind of not good enough, which is hurts So your brain is always seeking advantages. It's always looking for ways. This is why you look at things you shouldn't like. That makes me feel good. I like avocado even if it makes me fat sometimes. I love McDonald's even though I don't want it. I would never eat McDonald's. But do you know what I'm saying? I like going to the bar. I like chasing this. I like doing that. So your brain's always searching for these things. And the only thing that stops is it is your avoidance technique. So in order for one of your clients to make more money, they all need to admit they don't have enough. And everybody's like, oh yeah, it's easy. Not really. You to admit that you're not doing it well enough is the first obstacle in everybody's way, and most people are not willing to admit they're wrong. And once you admit it, opportunity shows up, insecurity shows up. But once you meld that insecurity and turn it into strength, that's where the world starts to change for people, and that's changing your identity. That's
0: a great point. So, admitting that you're not good enough, right? The first thing that comes to my mind is, Well, isn't that negative psychology, like telling yourself, Oh, I, I, dude, I'm not good enough. So how's your, I'm, sw- how's
1: your golf swing? Do you play golf? Dude,
0: I don't really, I, my buddies have tried to get me into golf. I, hate golf. I, don't, I don't really hate golf. like it. What do you like? Uh, I, I like mountain biking. I like going to the gym. I like hanging Very out good. with my
1: wife. Very Something good. You like, you like going to the gym. You like mountain biking. Great. So, uh, you bench press four fifty. No, not, okay. no. <laughs> if you wanted to, you'd have to admit you can't. Okay. Right. That's not that painful, is it? I can't no. do it. Now, does that mean you can't do it permanently or your current, you can't do it?
0: Uh, I would say currently I can't do it. And I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, I probably don't want to put in the effort to try to bend forward. Very good.
1: But let's just I mean? say that, let's say that is, I want to be a better parent that homeschools well, because I don't know if you have kids, but I want to homeschool well, because <laughs> I learned how to do that because of Corona, right? I first had to admit I suck at parent. I suck at teaching. I'm good at parenting, suck at teaching, right? I had to first admit that to want to be better at it. So the point is the second a human being accepts they're not where they want to be, opportunity presents itself. So if you're making like you're, you're like people have to ask themselves, especially your students, am I making the amount of money I want to make on a return in my investments? Am I, is my relationship with money as good as it can be? And then they say, no. And that's the opportunity to build a better relationship with their finances. Okay. So with that said, when, when somebody
0: meets that obstacle and they're willing to admit it, yep. what's the next
1: step to make the change? Well, once you accept that, I mean, that's a big thing. We need to figure out how we got to where we're at in the first place. So I'm just going to grab something right out of my book. Um, your original reason for going into business was to prove a point. You didn't want to, um, you wanted to be on your own and you didn't want anybody owning you anymore, Correct. Correct. So you could be a decade into business and your business is still running off of the old psychology, surviving, getting by, trying to prove a point, looking for freedom. And you forgot you already have that. So most people already have what they want. Here's the, how you change your life. And this is how you change your identity and change your average. Um, do you mind if I ask how old you are? I know you can't ask women, but can I ask you? Yeah, yeah. 42. You're my age, dude. I'm October's my birthday. When's your birthday? Uh, August. Okay, so you're older than me by a couple of months. My wife's my wife's birthday is uh, the the ninth. Okay. Oh um, really? I'm just a couple of days behind her, dude. August 11th. You're a, Leo? You're a Leo? Yeah. Oh, great yeah. people. So um, so what's interesting is that what's, what's interesting about this is how long you've been in business. On my own, uh, like four.
0: Let's call it four years. It's right that's around four great. years. That's, that's yeah.
1: fantastic. Most people most people don't last four weeks. So yes. congratulations. Yeah. So my question for you, like your clients, you've got people that invest like they're 19 years old still. So when this whole Corona thing hit, most people are like I have to reinvent myself, and they went back to being 12 again. How did I start? What did I do when I first got started? So my question for you is, what does a Forty-two year old man that has spent four years in business, that has a great relationship, that works out regularly. Regularly, that's a mountain bike rider that has a podcast that works with people all over the world. That's able to track somebody like me to get on your show. What can that guy do? The problem is we don't make we don't make decisions from that position. We make decisions from our past, and we don't make them from all our greatness. Did you catch what I just said? I think I caught a little bit of it. A- what the, <laughs> What does the person? What does the person that you are today, what are they capable of?
0: I would say a lot more than the person that I was six months ago, but that's where I, for me, at least like, that's kind of where the confusion lies And I can picture dreams and things like that, but to really know what I'm capable of, I don't know. So I always, I always go back to, for me, it's easy to equate to like physical activity. Yep. Do Do it. Like. If I want to climb that mountain right there in front of my house, yep. there is zero reservation in my mind that I can do it. I just know it's one step at a time. I know exactly. I don't know the trail I'm going to take.
1: You have a reference in your brain that has climbed mountains before, correct?
0: That, that's a fair statement. I don't know the trail I'm going to take, but I know one step at a time, given enough, repeated enough, I'll make it there, right? But now let's go to let's go to $100 million. I want to make $100 million. Yep. Good. I do don't have heard? a reference in my brain to say like, to even know where to start. Does
1: so that make sense? This? Yeah. So what most people would do is they'd want to like most coaches and I work with UFC fighters before they walk in the ring. So they're going to fight five minutes later. I'm their last voice. They hear either on the phone or face to face. So I'm the person they hear. And then they dominate in the ring. Cause I do this. If I were like a parent, I'd go, Oh, so tell me about the time you climbed a mountain, which has nothing to do with making a hundred million bucks because one is something you naturally are good at. I'm going to ask you a better question. Tell me a time in your life that there's something that was in front of you that you did not know how to do that you figured out. Can you think of any time in your life? And now what's going to happen? I can watch your eyes through the screen. You're looking up to the left, you're recalling an information, you're dragging down a file, and this is what you're doing. It's the way we file things in our brain. So tell me a time in your life where literally you walked into it and go, what the hell am I going to do? I do not know what to do. Tell me when that was. Yeah. I would probably say like my first real estate transaction. Okay. So you had no idea what you were doing, correct? No, no, no idea. So you did it, correct? Yeah. Yeah. You you pulled it off. Yep. Was it successful? Uh, Yeah. In the end it was successful. It wasn't pretty, but it was successful. Okay. So it wasn't pretty. The problem is we want to make the hundred million dollar thing pretty. What you know for a fact is there's some steps we need to take that are different than what you did. So that day you got started, correct? You just got up, you did what you needed to do, you started the transaction, it was uncomfortable, you did it. So my question is, are you willing to get uncomfortable to make a hundred million dollars? And we say it intellectually, but what if I said, that's all you were going to have to do is to change your average is currently, we just want to glide there. We are willing to work hard, but we don't recognize the last time you did something really big, which is your first big financial real estate investment, right? It was uncomfortable at first, wasn't it? Yeah, sure. But after a very short period of time, it's no big deal now, correct? You could do another one, couldn't you? Uh,
0: yeah. Like, yeah. Once you do it so many times, it's, it's almost second nature.
1: So bottom line is you don't have a reference for a hundred million. Your unconscious mind wants you to think about 100 million so you don't actually have to do it. It doesn't want you to kill off its current reality. So you have automatic programming that gives you the life you have. So you want to hear something freaky right now for you and everybody listening. You could sit on your ass, and I guarantee you, you could send me financials of everyone listening to this right now And I can guarantee you, everybody makes about the same amount of money, give or take 20%, no matter what's going on in the economy. It is crazy. I'll find real estate people, good economy, make 300 grand a year. Bad economy, 275. They just work harder. They do what they need to do. So what happens is, as a human being, we have a vested interest in a current average that we have. So I guarantee, dude, your hard work and your type A, I can see it in your eyes. You could sit on your ass till November, do nothing. November, December, and January, you'll make up the whole last 10 months you'll do it. You know, you will, that's who you are. You'll do that. You will figure it out. So as human beings, we don't have to work as hard as we think we do to get our current reality, but to get the one we want, we need to work differently than we're currently doing. Is is that making sense? What I'm saying? It
0: it makes, it makes a lot of sense. So and I agree with you, the idea of in order to get where you want to be or in order to go to the next level, you got to get uncomfortable, right? Yep, like Really, really, if you think about it, in fact, I've heard, are you familiar with a gal by the name of Brooke Castillo?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got great coaching.
0: Yeah. So I, she, there was a quote the other day. I think I either heard it from her or somebody quoted her. She said, discomfort is the currency to your dreams. Great. Agreed. I, I agree with that, right? Yeah. That for me is a true statement. I I agree with that. Here here's a question. When somebody wants to go to the next level, right? So we've talked about getting on and they're willing, let's say they're not intellectually saying yeah, I'll get uncomfortable, but they're actually willing to get uncomfortable.
1: Like someone signing up as a Navy SEAL, like I really want to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really want to do it. Sign on the dotted line. I've
0: shown up to to training. But in that scenario, somebody's going to tell them what to do every day every minute to to become a Navy SEAL, whereas let's say just an entrepreneur, I want to go to the next level, but they don't have anybody saying, do this, do this, do this. They're figuring it out. Does that make sense? Yep. So, so how do you coach or or what's your advice to individuals that are saying, hey, like I'm willing to get dirty. I'm willing to get uncomfortable. Now I got to figure out the how, like what's the next step there?
1: Well, there's a couple, there's a couple pieces of the puzzle and I wish I could talk to you for hours and loving. This is fun going back and forth. Um, (laughs) When I first got, when I first wrote the book, Average Sucks, and I just encourage everybody to get the book. Um, When I first wrote the book, I have a chapter, it's called The Death of Adversity. And you and I grew up as children of the eighties. Our lives were easy. Don't, I don't care. I know there's abuse. I know there's problems and other challenges, but compared to like the world war II generation, our life was easy. And Mm -hmm. Our hardest thing was, "Oh, you go to a video store and you got to wait like and then but there was there was there was adversity built in our lives back then, so I believe the middle class screwed up the world, and the reason it screwed up did you grow up middle class yeah, yeah, okay, I grew up right down the middle, like not even lower or upper, like right down the middle, Rockaway New Jersey, straight up middle class. I was okay. The problem is in my heart, I wanted more, but in my surroundings, everything was fine so adversity was stripped of human beings in the fifties because they make a large percentage of North America said, let's get these people to feel safe and comfortable. Cause we don't need that pain anymore. In the thirties, forties and fifties. And they invented something. You watched little house the prayer when you were a kid. Yeah. Admit it. <laughs> yeah. You watched it. So Laura Laura of and she was, we love Laura and the bitchy girl in town was Nellie. Right. And she was rich. Right. So What happened is there was rich and poor in the world. And then they built this middle class, which biologically doesn't make any sense. You either have it or you don't. That's the world. Do you know what I'm saying? First place or last place. That's just the way the world works. I'm not here to be negative or talk politics right now. Adversity got stripped by human beings until Corona came. And then human beings got hit with adversity and they didn't know what to do with it. See, when we were kids, we could deal with life, okay? And we could deal with things because we had to learn patience because you go to a grocery store, you had to wait, you had to figure things out for yourself. Your parents sent you and your brother to a different aisle to get stuff. I know they did this. Now, all of that's gone. Amazon, instant delivery, Uh, Whole Foods, instant delivery, Netflix. We used to go to Blockbuster on a date. Remember that? You'd wait an hour to get the right video. So what happened is in 1995, the internet really got big. And for 15 years, we didn't see it coming technology destroyed natural adversity. Why I'm bringing this up is in order to grow, you have to be willing to face adversity. And it's really that you're either gonna beat your head into the wall to try to get over it, to get where you want, or we have to outgrow it. So what I would tell people is this, there's only about four things that really required to help you grow. And as an entrepreneur, here's my number one thing I would tell you. Communication is the most underdeveloped, underutilized asset that we have as human beings. Meaning that if you do not have what you want, the first place you need to look is your communication. Your communication with food is why you eat what you eat. Your relationship looks the way it does based on communication, how you talk about it, how you think about it, how you process in your brain. Your workout is a form of communication. What most people don't recognize, they're trying to work hard and push themselves. Instead of recognizing the reason your business doesn't work, it's not a necessity. It would be a nice to have it would be a nice thing. You're not using words. Like I'm looking in your eyes and I can tell what kind of person you are. There's no going back. This is necessary. This is selfish. If you do not serve people, there's other things you could have done in this podcast today, but I know in your heart, this is absolutely pertinent for you as a human being. It's who you are. And if you didn't do this, you'd feel like a fraud. So these are the ways you talk to yourself that drive you to be a man of integrity. And I think most people want to make their business work. They're hoping they can wake it work. And they're using what I'd call weeblow or Girl Scout language, nothing negative, instead of using Navy SEALs language like necessity, obsession, serious, and they don't take their business serious. Because if you took it serious, you'd heal up those things you need to heal up and become the man or woman you need to be. So how do, how do people identify the things that they yep. need to heal up? Well, here, here's the number one thing we gotta ask ourselves a question is, um, where are you really at? And that's the thing most people don't recognize. Like my original reason for going to business was to survive. Great, I've accomplished that. I've survived. We've built a business. We've sold 60, $70 million worth of our products over the years. We've done pretty well. We've built portfolios. We own buildings. We've done things, right? We've done well. We followed a lot of your protocol of things that we do. Very successful in, in investing and figuring things out. What, I, what I, I'm not telling you that to impress you. I'm telling that to tell you that it takes you realizing that your reason for building your business has to change. Are you looking to get by? Or are you looking for impact? Are you looking to, yay, I want to have a destiny and I want to, I want to leave a legacy. That's cute, but there's a middle step between legacy. And really what we want to do is maybe be an example for our children. And maybe the thing driving you is incorrect. I asked a guy in a podcast earlier today, I said, what, what do you like? And he said, I love vanilla ice cream. I said, what are you more moved by vanilla ice cream or making money? He goes, well, it's actually easier for me to be obsessed by vanilla ice cream. I said, that's why you're driven by vanilla ice cream. Most people have not controlled their emotional language. So part of that is to really ask yourself the question, if you want to know what steps you need to take, because a lot of people are like, well, I need the 15 steps. Folks, they exist on Google. There's 50 things you can do on Google. Stop going to Starbucks. And I guarantee you'd have $10,000 extra every five years to invest. I guarantee if you stopped eating out, you'd have $10,000 to invest. This is not complicated rocket science. The reason you eat out is because it matters to you. And the question is, you've got to ask yourself, who is it that you really want to be? And that's a big question. So I think that's a around, question. I'm not beating around the bush right now, but I'm, I'm getting to where we're going. So stick with us, everybody. You'll get it. So
0: I, it seems like that question of, of really knowing who you want to be is a difficult question to, to answer, right? And until so you answer it, you don't get what you want. So I think it's easy to, let me back up a little bit. I think it's easy to answer at a surface level. Yep. But to really get the answer that the yep. individuals need that you need personally, yep.
1: that seems to be a little bit harder. But do you know why, why you won't answer? Do you know why you won't answer it? You know, is the, it because people thing. are scared. It's because you have an average and you are your average and your average is you, you are. If I looked at your life and I followed you like big brother, like, like, or well, whatever. And I watched what you've been up to for last year, like, like, like Zuckerberg does, does right online. I was going to say like Amazon and Facebook yeah, you, and Google. You have an average <laughs> ever. Like if I looked at your life, you have an average of all the things you do, right? You've got sure. her, don't you? And you do about the same every year, correct? Yeah. Pretty close. Let me was, ask you, yeah. are you really running your life or is your average running your life, which is your automatic programming?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. I, I think you're baiting me. But now that you say it, like I would say average. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I know for me personally, it's always like, okay, how do I, how do I I break out of this? Like, how do I, so let me, let me give you an example. Working working out. I've said, I like to go to the gym. What I, I lift weights and I use what they call progressive overload. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Very familiar. For listeners that aren't familiar with it, let me explain it really quickly. Progressive overload is basically this: when you hit the gym on a specific exercise. So let's just call it the back squat. When you hit the gym on the back squat, maybe you're going you're going to go up either in a rep, at least one rep, or you're going to go up in weight, at least five or ten pounds. So every time I hit the gym, let's say I do three sets. When I hit the gym today, I want to do one more rep than I did last week. And if I'm at the top of my rep range, let's just call it six, then I want to add weight okay. than I did yesterday. That's progressive overload. That helps you from a physical standpoint, get out of average, average. and it helps yep. you continue to grow. Yep. We need to do that from a psychological level and yes. a business level as well. But I don't know that people really understand how to kind of implement that type of growth. Without getting stuck in this average that you're talking about,
1: does that make it sense? It, yeah, it doesn't have to be. So, okay. So, what I what I realized is we all have what's called non negotiables in our lives. Things we do. Do you have kids?
0: At four, man.
1: Okay, I so got you four. get it. You got to pick them up from school because it's non negotiable. Correct. If they're at school. Um. If not, you you got to come home. If you're married and want to stay married, and they're expecting you to come home, you should probably come home. Correct. Yeah. These are yeah. non negotiables. Going to the gym for you is non negotiable. Correct. Yeah. That's okay. I would. But there was a I would time in your life. Maybe when you were younger, having a little more fun, maybe it was negotiable, right? Different different oh. life. So yeah. what I've recognized is we all have negotiables and non-negotiables in our life. My question is, what are they? And for most people, the life that they want is massively negotiable. It's a want. Now we're getting it. So how do we make your wants non-negotiable? That's the thing. So I sat down. I get into, I have this limo guy, picks me up, Abdul. He's amazing in San Diego. Anybody needs it, reach out. He's great. Picks me up. I want to go to Africa this year. Great, Abdul. I, but I can't go. I can't take time off. And I'm looking through his car and literally, he's got a couple Starbucks everywhere. I go, Abdul, how often do you go to Starbucks? He goes, several times a day. I said, you realize it's like 15, 20 bucks a day. He goes, yeah, but I get a pound cake too. And I go this, I guess 50 bucks a day. I said, do me a favor, pull over. And I had him transfer. Now, you might agree with this. Maybe not. Maybe it's too Dave Ramsey. I'm not a Dave Ramsey fan, but I, I don't like his psychology. But it's, everyone's got to start somewhere. I said, I want you to transfer 10 bucks right now a day from your checking to your, sa- uh, check your savings. Just do it right now. Just auto set it up, right? And he goes, what's that going to do for me, Michael? It's, it's nothing. It, it's 30 300 bucks a month. He goes, it's not going to help me. I said, just do it. And then what I want you to do is tomorrow when you don't go to Starbucks, do it one more. Add one more of those. You're going to now have two. And the next time you cancel the NFL package because you realize you're not watching it, transfer another one. You're going to have 80 of these transactions going and we're avoidance creatures. We avoid things that are a pain in the ass. You are never going to take the time to turn all of them off. Well, I run into him a couple of weeks later. I said, said, a couple of months later, how are you doing, Abdul? He said, Michael, you're not going to believe it. I saved $2,000. And I said, how'd you do it? He goes, you know what? I made it non-negotiable. It's automatic for me. It's what I do. Most of us do not realize that we need to make the things we want become non-negotiable. When I signed up for a Spartan race and told three friends about it and posted it on Facebook, friggin' thing became non-negotiable. I'm six foot six, 240. I'm not supposed to be a runner. I'm meant to hurt you. I'm not to be a runner. Right? So I signed up for a Spartan race. Now it's like, I put it out there. I've got, I've got to do it. I committed to doing this. So I believe most people, what you want is negotiable. Now you can't just put the label on it. go, yeah, it's non-negotiable now. And that's how it works. No. You've got to first know what it is. And there's two levels of non negotiables, uh, of, of negotiables, wants and dreams. Let me give you an example. How would you like to be more comfortable with money where money flows better and you do better with investments? Would you love that even better than you currently do? Would that be amazing? Even better. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Everybody wants that's a want. Having $100 million is a dream. We need to understand most people do not work on their wants. They work on their non-negotiables and their dreams. We need to peck at our wants, peck at them, peck at them, peck at them until they become realities. So a couple of my wants I realized, to do what I say more often than not, to be better with my communication, to become more confident. If you're more confident, you do what you say you're going to do more often than not, I can guarantee you everything else in your life gets better. We don't necessarily need to work on our business We need to get better at running our lives. If you run your life better, your business works better. Guaranteed. The only reason you make what you make right now, and I don't mean you, I mean the listener, is your communication of how you deal with people and how you deal with yourself is a direct reflection of how your life works out. How do people improve their communication? First, you got to care and it's got to matter. Number two is let's talk language for a minute. I use trigger words all the time. So this is, this is called a phone, right? Right now in the world, most people don't realize how much money they can make if they pick up this damn thing, especially around Corona, people are home. They want to talk to somebody, right? So when you pick up the phone, my question is, do you have a product? Like I ask you, do you have a product? Do you have a service? Do you have an opportunity that if you get in front of people would help them? I know the answer is yes, of course. So you can either pick up the phone to make sales or you can learn to motivate yourself. And you can say, if I do not pick that up, I'm being selfish. If I pick it up, I'm being a person of integrity and I get a chance to make an impact in this world. Most people are using weak language. They're using words that don't move them. So one of the ways is like, I'll give you an example. This is crazy. I don't work out anymore. I gave up on working out. I didn't like to do it. So I stopped. You know what I do now? I train because you know what workout meant to me. Something I did when I was 13 years old that I had to do to be tough, to be on a team, part of something to impress women. Being 42 years old and being happily married, impressing women is not my move. Does that make sense? Beating people up is not my move. Does that make sense? So, workout was directly associated with that. So, I changed the word. I train. Do you understand that? Maybe investing is a word that means something you bullshit yourself about. Maybe your listener needs to stop investing and they need to start changing their relationship with their finances. I don't know what word is going to move you, but I have an incredible relationship with my financial future, but I don't invest. I invest all the time, but I don't call it investing. I respect money. I respect finances. Do you understand where I'm going with this? When it comes to my food... I realize that if you change your language with food, like every one of your listeners right now, I can get a guarantee. I can get them to lose five pounds next week without changing their diet. If they do one thing, you want to see something crazy? Sure. Talk to your friggin' food. Most people don't realize it's a relationship. They call all food food. So then you eat McDonald's. It's food. You eat Mastro's steakhouse. It's food. You eat broccoli. It's food. You drink a shake. Like I saw you had your shake. It's it's, it's food. It's not all the same. So if you're going to have a relationship with food, you've got to realize it's going to be inside of you for years. You might as well know what its name and where it's from. So imagine saying to yourself, okay, broccoli and water, nutrition, eating out at a pizza place, entertainment. They're two different things. Addiction is eating the whole bag of Doritos, couple Doritos, entertainment. So do you realize that if you woke up tomorrow morning and had oatmeal, that's nutrition. You go to lunch, it's entertainment. You go to fancy dinner and have drinks, entertainment. Entertainment. It doesn't take more than a couple of days to realize I've been entertainment, 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 addiction. You're going to auto reset. Your mind is not your body. Your unconscious mind wants you to do well. It doesn't respect the way you spend your money. You're not calling things what they are. You need to say, you know what? I am currently being disrespectful for my money. I'm going to go in Starbucks and enjoy being disrespectful. And if you said that, you probably wouldn't go in there. Are you getting where I'm going with this? So the lose yeah, weight thing happens, and I've been teaching this for years. It's responsible for tens of thousands of pounds coming off human beings going, what's your name? Where are you from? What are your intentions with me? With your food? And if you ask that question of your food, I guarantee you'd go about it differently.
0: That's an interesting concept. So do people have individual triggers? So for for example, let's go back to the word working out versus training. Yep, yep. Working out it doesn't trigger any negative emotion, like Good.
1: hard work for me. Right. Which is great. And you should keep on working out then.
0: And so, but training is a positive word for me too. Like when I think about training, so I used to run some Ragnar races.
1: I don't know if you're familiar with those or Very not. Very familiar, dude. I'm, I'm a Spartan guy. So I know Ragnar.
0: Yeah. So, and, and when I would train for Ragnar, train for marathons, like there was, there was kind of an end goal. Um, so, so that, that word is positive for me. Right. Whereas working out is just like, there's really not an end goal. It's, it's just, which would
1: drive you more.
0: Uh, I think training, because that, that's an interesting concept. Cause I was telling my wife just the other day, I'm like, man, I need like a physical goal. Like I get up, I work out every day, you know, working five out as so, part of
1: your automatic, right? Yes, yeah, Six days a week, but it
0: would be fun. So let's take Spartan, for example. Dude, it'd be fun to train for a Spartan race and, and to do something different. Do you know what I mean? Training would probably uh, it'd probably be, get a better result because there's kind of an an end goal if 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 that makes sense.
1: It does make sense. I mean, how many of your listeners are trying to invest and they're not good at it?
0: Uh, probably a lot. I mean, I don't have the exact numbers, but
1: So they should stop trying to invest and they should start changing the relationship with money And what I mean by that is if you look at it differently Like if you change your relationship with money and start to respect money, you'll invest If investing is hard and you can't get yourself to do it, stop trying to do it That word doesn't work for you. Just stop it. Stop it. It doesn't work Like people like oh, um, i'm gonna learn how to be authentic Well, like dude, if you're not doing it after a couple weeks Stop trying to be authentic and go find another word that'll make you do it like Okay. So I'll meet people and they'll say to me, Michael, I'm divorced. I have a trouble finding somebody. How long have you been divorced? 20 years. You're not divorced. That is a legal term. You are single. Just own it. Okay. You're not divorced. You're single. You currently have a different relationship with that same person like death. Death is a horrible thing. And we've all experienced it before at some level, but if you're dealing with death, they don't come back and it's painful versus they still died, but your relationship with them is different than it used to be. And you still got a chance to communicate with them and it's different. You got a chance to get over one of those. The reason I'm telling you that is most people are trying to force themselves to be an investor when everything in their psyche is making it hard. Instead of realizing, you know what, this is, I mean, I've been studying neuro-linguistic programming for 20 years. I've invented something called human interaction technology. The first thing I do is I change your word. And the reason I change your word is if investing isn't working great, we're not going to invest then. And they're like, Oh my God, thank God. We're not going to invest.
0: It's you like a like big great.
1: relief. It's a relief. They <laughs> suck at it. You suck at investing. Stop investing and start doing what my parents taught me. My parents respect money. My uncle walked in a room. He, this, you're going to love this story. He walked in and met a guy like you 40 years ago, teacher in New York city, maybe making nine grand a year. He sits in the first meeting with like the like the teacher's chair meetings, right? And they said, he walks in, he's 22 and he goes, hello, millionaires. The guy says, my, my uncle's like, what room am I in? Millionaires? I make nine grand a year. And the guy says, if you listen to what I tell you to do, we're going to take that nine grand a year and we're going to teach every one of you how to be millionaires, how to invest your money, how to deal with this, how to deal with your pensions, everything. My uncle's a multimillionaire today from teaching, making no more than a hundred grand a year as a teacher. The reason why is, he respected the education that he got do you understand that where other people didn't respect it so a word like respect has deep psychological triggers there's there's irish guilt there's lds guilt there's jewish guilt there's catholic guilt respect is a word and most people don't recognize that you can use a word like that to drive your finances through the roof
0: so do you encourage people to use the word respect in many different aspe- aspects so we've talked about finances works, but if it works it, only if it works. So that's that's part of the the challenge or part of the homework if you will is figuring out
1: which trigger words work for you. Do you go to McDonald's? No, heck no, dude. Because McDonald's is answer my statement. McDonald's is uh, dog crap. <laughs> okay, you ask my five, my eight year old now. I was thinking when she was five, she said it. She said McDonald's poison. She would never go there. You know people that go to McDonald's and they think it's the tastiest thing in the world. When a man says or a woman says, my wedding was the greatest day of my life, you're, you, it's over. Your life's over. It's not, gonna, it's not fair to do that to somebody. What do you got to show up with? Horses and open bars and everything every day of the week? It's impossible. Well, you need to say it was an incredible day. I loved it. But it's the beginning of something incredible. It's going to get better. Do you know that a man or woman that says that my wedding was the greatest day of my life has already set up failure for themselves in their brain?
0: I didn't know that. That's an interesting concept though.
1: Because then it it can't get better. You say the birth of my child, the greatest day of my life. You need to say this. If you're planning on having other children, you've really screwed up. You have to be willing to be wrong there. So great. So your wife says the the birth of your first child was the greatest day of my life. The other three kids are screwed. Does that make sense? So the point is we've got to use language that works. So I like the word respect because that works for me. But other people, you walk up to your five-year-old and go, you got to respect. It's not going to work.
0: Are there exercises people can go through to, yep. to figure out which are triggers for them? Does that yeah, make sense? I have
1: it in my book. Like an average sucks. I break down okay. trigger words, how to create non-negotiables in your life, all of it. Like it's not, a, like I didn't, write, I didn't write a book so I could have a business card. I wrote a book that took me nine years to write because a nine-year-old boy was trying to write it to overcome his ADD. Like I'm 42. I'm writing a book as a nine-year-old trying to overcome my, I got to do it myself and I got to prove a point and blah, blah, blah. So it took forever to write it. And then I realized, wait a second, the book is how to get what you want. Do you know what I'm saying? What yeah. I want is to get the book done. What would I do? And literally I used every technique I've ever done. So there's some exercises to do it, but it's, I have it all laid out. Like literally when you read it, you're going to go, holy crap. I had no idea that the feeling I get at the edge of a diving board, why I won't jump or why I won't ask that girl to prom when I'm a kid is the same feeling I get why I don't pull the trigger when somebody says, hey, Tesla stock is 210. It'll be 900 one day. Pull the trigger and you go, oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. And you could be rich today. Interesting, and I'm not recommending Tesla stock, so I'm just, yeah. just, 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 just stop. Yeah, I don't I don't recommend any stocks. So yeah, I hear you know it. why I said it. I'm just giving an yeah. example.
0: <laughs> FTC warning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, dude, Michael, this has been uh, this has been awesome. Any last words that you would, or any last words of advice you'd like to give uh, the listeners before uh, we end here? And then also, I want to make sure that they know how to get a hold of you, get get in contact with, how to get your book, all that stuff too.
1: Yeah, two things. One, get the book, AverageSucks.com. Depending when you get a chance to have it, we got a Kindle version, a hardback. You got AverageSucks.com. We're giving away some crazy bonuses. If you pick up the book, I mean, we want to make it reasonable for everybody. Get the book. It is written for people with entrepreneurs with ADD. You can read it in three hours. It is very easy and it is not a slogan. Um, it is a statement. A person that believes that average sucks believes they don't want to settle. The other thing is people ask how to get a hold of you. I can give you my phone number or website. I'd rather work with you. So like if you want help, We've been giving away since the whole Corona thing. Like, why not do what I did when I first got started? So we've got a website, call to actiontime.com. Call the number two, actiontime.com. We're doing live classes. If you want to jump on, come check out what we got going on. My guarantee is I will make everyone listening a better student for you because I'll get them to take action and do things. They'll come back to you and they'll be incredible investors, incredible financial people, because I'm gonna make you do what you said you're gonna do in five days. And that's my gift, absolutely free for anyone listening. That's awesome. Thanks
0: again, Michael, for joining us. This, is, uh, this has been great. And thank you, listeners, for listening. We will thank catch you. you next time. See you. Thanks, my man. Appreciate it. If you want to learn more about me, you can visit my website at www.nicholascjensen.com or follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Nicholas Jensen underscore. That's at Nicholas Jensen underscore. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform because you do not want to miss out. We'll see you next time on
1: Unlimited Wealth.